views expressed on this broadcast of Step by Step Towards Emotional Sobriety with Dr. Alan Berger do not necessarily reflect those of Take 12 Radio, KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, or our affiliates. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, Dr. Alan Berger and the Monty Man. Well, greetings, family, and welcome to Step by Step Towards Emotional Sobriety, normally with Dr. Alan Berger and myself, uh, your co-host, the Monty Man. Uh, Dr. Berger is not with us this week. He is uh, out doing what he does best. He's uh, on another tremendous speaking engagement, uh, talking about and promoting emotional sobriety. And uh, this is what uh, Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, called the next frontier. Uh, Emotional sobriety, learning how to unhook from our emotional dependencies on other people to be okay with ourselves. This is one of the main reasons folks relapse in recovery uh, is because they have not learned how to stand on their own two feet. They've not learned how to depend on their higher power. They are depending on other people's behaviors in order to fulfill their expectations in life. And we all know where expectations get us, particularly unreasonable expectations, Uh, what we like to refer to here as those unforceable rules that we place on other people. Now, uh, today's topic is, uh, I'm going to share some of my experience, strength, and hope in this area, but today's topic is surrounded around doing things for the right reasons rather than for a pat on the back. And, uh, you know, you, you might be sitting there today thinking to yourself, you, you know, I do things for the right reasons. I help my fellow man because, uh, you know, it's the right thing to do. I don't expect anything in return. Um, I show unconditional love to my mate. Well, l- let me ask you this. If your loved one or your best friend or, or your boss who you just think the world of or maybe one of your employees or maybe your sponsor or sponsee, were to burn down your house and kill your cat or dog, where would the unconditional love be? Would it still be there? Uh, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I. What, here's my point. I think sometimes we, we spout that we unconditionally love people, um, though that's a really great goal to shoot for. I think sometimes we're real quick to say that if we really check our motives – Maybe that wouldn't necessarily be true. I, it might be. I, I'm not saying. I mean, some of you have reached uh, uh, a place with your spirituality and uh, your your loving kindness towards your fellow man that it just blows my mind. I mean, you, you're not going to be shaken. I, I, I know a fellow by the name of Tim. Uh, Tim uh, lives in uh, Santa Rosa, California, and this guy doesn't say a bad word about anybody. He does things always for the right reasons. He never expects anything in return. He never expects a pat on the back. The guy uh, has integrity beyond integrity. He's an amazing individual. Uh, but I, I, think, I think folks like that are rare. Now, is it something I think we can accomplish? Sure. 
And I think as long as we're on that road, as long as we're on that journey of, uh, you know, self-improvement and, and doing things for the right reasons, then I think we're well on our way. And, and I think we do well. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of my colleagues says, you can't, you know, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And so I think it's important to acknowledge within ourselves that perhaps maybe we do things a lot of the times, um, we think we're doing it for the right reasons, but maybe if we really did an inventory on it, we would find that perhaps we're looking to get at least a little something out of it, Right. And here's a, here's a good way to test it. If you do something for somebody else that is uh, beneficial to them and it's helping them out, let, let me give you an example. Uh, giving rides to meetings. Let's say you're one of these people that just loves to give rides to newcomers or your friends to your 12-step support meetings. And whenever anybody calls, you're ready, willing, and able for fun and for free to go pick them up and take them to a meeting. And one day, one of those folks kind of gets under your skin. Maybe they say something in a meeting you don't really like, or maybe they oppose one of your points of view. Maybe they disagree with you on something politically, spiritually, or matters of the heart. And they really get under your skin. And you find yourself saying something like, doggone it, you know, why can't that person be more reasonable? I mean, I give them rides to meetings every single week. Or, or perhaps you need a favor from them and you're asking them for a ride this week and they can't do it or maybe they just don't want to. And you find yourself saying, I don't understand. I give rides to this person all the time. Why can't they just pony up and give me a ride. You see my point? Perhaps there was an element of doing it for the wrong reasons. Now, is it natural to respond like that? I think so. I think it's one of our character defects. I think it's kind of naturally in our, what I would refer to, uh, Dr. Berger may not, but I refer to as our sin nature. Sin, don't let that word sin scare you, you guys. Sin is simply a Greek uh, term meaning to miss the mark. It's a, it's a term used in archery, to miss the mark, to, to aim and then fall short of the target and miss the mark. I think we miss the mark naturally in so many areas. Uh, so perhaps maybe we should check ourselves a little bit on this. Are, are you doing – and think, think of stuff that you're doing in your own life uh, when you're doing things for others. Are you doing them for the right reasons? And what are the right reasons? Here, let, me give you a, let me give you an example. And one of the right reasons would be to benefit them to help further their spiritual, mental, emotional maturity. For them. Not for you. For them. And only for them. To help them improve their relationship with others for them and the others. Not you, just them and the others. Uh, maybe to help them financially so they can overcome a financial burden for them. Not for you. Not to get praise. Not to even get a thank you. Thank yous are nice. 
I appreciate you are nice. Uh, I would like to help you in return. That's nice. But not for that reason. And more importantly, not so you will feel good about you. You see, I think this altruistic thing that we do, I think it's great. But I think true altruism means we do it for the other person with no expectation of any kind of a kickback at all. What's that mean? That they never say thank you? Yep. That they never say, I appreciate you? Yep. That those things are natural. It's natural to receive those things. It sure feels good when we receive those things. But if we're doing things for others for the purpose of receiving positive affirmation, gratitude, appreciation, if we're doing it for that reason, then may I suggest that we're doing it for the wrong reason. Another example that I like to give is, and we hear this a lot in 12-step support meetings, and I, I take opposition to this. I really do. In, the, um, in, in talking about uh, making amends, a, a lot of folks, when they talk about the amends process, and a lot of sponsors, and, and if you do this, I'm not picking on you, but maybe, maybe just consider what I'm saying. Teach their sponsees that the reason they're making amends to the other individual for harms done is to relieve themselves of the guilt, to free themselves up uh, so they can continue on into their recovery. And there's never any mention that you're doing it because the person deserves your apology. The person you've wronged deserves you to, to make amends. Uh, they have every right to expect that. And we're not talking about the expectations of others here today. We, we could switch that around too. But we're talking about what are your expectations? Why, what, why do we do what we do? Are we doing it for the right reasons? Or are we doing it to get a pat on the back? I think these are questions that are vital and we need to ask ourselves that. And, the, and, and, and I got to tell you, when it comes to the making amends process, if we are making amends for our selfish needs, for our selfish desires to make us feel good, to free us from the bondage of self, then we are going to find ourselves in more bondage than we were originally. Now, when we make amends, do we receive freedom? Absolutely. It was, it's a result of the amends process, but it is not a result of your motivation to receive a, a pat on the back. It's not. And let me, let me give you a, a, a proof. Let me give you an example of proof. Um, I have a good friend, and, and sometimes you can hear his, uh, his voice when he does some of the disclaimers uh, for some of our shows. His name's Wade. Wade tells a story, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pulling the covers on it off of anybody here. He's told it on the air. He's told it on this show uh, or on our other shows. Wade um, did an organization called Tower Records. If you remember Tower Records from years ago, uh, they, were, they were the top, the top of the line as far as record sales and, 
and promotions and, and Bill Graham's uh, um, um, production agencies and, and music and everything. They were huge. And uh, one of their um, one of their headquarters was located in San Francisco, uh, California. And Wade had ripped them off, basically. He he had done them wrong. And uh, he went back to make amends with the general manager of Tower Records in San Francisco. And the man did not receive it. He looked at Wade and he said, get out of my store. Don't you ever come back. Goodbye. Now, was Wade freed from the bondage of self in that particular instance, even though the man did not receive Wade's uh, request for forgiveness or his amends? Yes. Because Wade didn't do that for himself. He did it because he knew it was the right thing to do. He went and made amends to the general manager of Tower Records because he knew not to do so was cheating somebody out of something they deserved. He did it for the right reasons. Now, as a result of that, Wade received some freedom in his life in his own recovery process. You see, it, his freedom wasn't determined or based on somebody else's actions. He wasn't basing, uh, I mean, his, his, I'm sorry, his, his, his freedom uh, from self wasn't uh, wrapped up and tied up in what the general manager at Tower Records would do or not do. It had nothing to do with his response. It was Wade's motivation to do it because it was the right thing to do. And because he didn't have any expectations, unreasonable or reasonable, either one, he had no expectations, Wade was set free from the bondage of self in that particular men's process because he did it because it was the right thing to do. See, when we do things for selfish reasons, when we do things for a pat on the back, when we do things for, for that, well, well, son, congratulations. I am so impressed with your responsibility coming in here to this store and making amends to me. Why don't you pick out 20 albums of your choice? You know, when we do things for that kind of uh, response and then we don't get that kind of response, we're left empty. Um. I'm going to read you something. This is an, this is adapted from My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. I've changed the wording on it to make it a little more palatable uh, for this show. But I think you'll get, get the idea. God never insists on obedience. Some of you are raising your eyebrows. Really? Yeah, I, I don't believe he does. He never insists on it. It's because he created us with free will. He stresses very definitely what we ought to do, but he never forces us to do it. We should do what he asks of us out of a oneness of spirit with him. If my relationship to my higher power is that of love, I will do what he asks of me without hesitation. If I hesitate, it is because I love someone I have placed in competition with my higher power, namely myself, more than him. If I act in goodwill towards my fellow man because it's the right thing to do and not out of gaining a pat on the back, I will discover that through my actions, thousands were blessed. When committing acts of kindness, forgiveness, and allowing people to be who they are for the right reasons, 
we experience the reality of our higher power. You see, when I hesitate to do things for the right reasons, I'm putting myself, myself, and when I say myself, I'm not talking about my true self. I'm talking about my false self. And we've talked about this on the show before. I'm putting my false self ahead of my true self, and I'm certainly putting it ahead of my higher power. When I hesitate, see, because when I hesitate to do the right thing, my brain is ticking and it's, it, it's trying to figure out a way to manipulate the situation to, to get my way. I want you to chew on that for a minute. We'll be right back right after this message. Hey, check it out. You can now access all of our shows from a variety of podcasting platforms including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podomatic, and Player FM. Simply search for Take 12 Recovery Radio, and you'll be tuned into the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Also available at Take12Radio.com. All right, and we have returned, and this is Step by Step Towards Emotional Sobriety, normally with Dr. Alan Berger and myself, uh, Dr. Berger is out doing what he does best. He's presenting uh, uh, a talk on emotional sobriety, learning how to unhook from emotional dependencies with other people to be okay with uh, ourselves. It's so important that we learn how to do that. Uh, we've been talking uh, today uh, about doing things for the right reasons instead of pat on the of a pat on the back. And uh, I, I want to look at this from another angle a- as well. What happens to us? What happens to you and I when we do it for the wrong reasons? When we do, let's reflect real quickly here. When we do things for the right reasons, just because it's the right thing to do, because it benefits the other person, not for any personal gain, the result of that is an inner peace, is a a serenity that no one can take away from you. See, serenity to me is is not based on or a result of the happenings that go on around me. That's happiness. See, that word happiness or happy, to be happy, is based on the happenings that go on around us. That's what that's based on. It, it it's it's pretty shallow. I just want to be happy. Well, good for you. And you and I will be happy when the happenings around us are going our way. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I bask in that. When the things, the happenings around you are all going in your direction and the universe is just operating the way you want it to, that is a really cool day, isn't it? But when the happenings going on around you aren't going the way you want them to, then you and I are unhappy. We're unhappening. You ever heard that phrase back in the 60s? What's happening? It's happening, man. You know, that meant, man, it's happening. Things are going our way because it's based on the happenings going on around us. May I suggest that serenity and true peace of mind is not based on our happenings, 
but can can occur in our life regardless of what's happening around us. Isn't that where we really want to be anyway? Isn't that what really, really sets us on fire and rockets us into the fourth dimension is a relationship with a higher power that's healthy. It's a relationship with ourselves that's healthy and with other people that isn't based on how they perform, what happens between uh, them and others. And I say them and others because us control freaks, we love to poke our head and our hands into them and others. It's not based on that. Serenity, true peace of mind, and inner peace, see, comes regardless of what's going on around us. Haven't you ever met somebody that was poverty-stricken, didn't have a dime to their name, and they just seemed to have such joy. They seemed to be at peace all the time. They just seemed to, to have it together when it comes to their emotional sobriety. And they can be in the midst of turmoil. Everything around them can be going on, just crashing down around them. You know, uh, a collection agencies after them, getting fired, uh, loss of loved ones, people not treating them right. And yet they have an inner peace and really a, a, a soul serenity that is amazing. Well, I would suggest if you spend some time with these people that they will tell you that their serenity doesn't come from other people's behaviors. It's it's an inner thing. It's a thing that comes with a relationship with a higher power that loves them, and they receive that love uh, just the way it's presented. They don't question it. They just receive it. They, believe it or not, some of these folks who seem destitute are able to stand on their own two feet better than most of us. Uh, I met a gentleman uh, not long ago in a shopping center. Uh, my family was, we were uh, going grocery shopping. And here was this gentleman sitting on the corner at our local grocery store with a sign that said, you know, God loves you. That's all it said. It didn't say, we'll work for food. It didn't say, I want a beer. At least I'm being honest. It didn't say any of that. It just said, God loves you. And it was obviously he was, it was obvious he was homeless. It was obvious he wasn't doing well health-wise. And my two boys were very young. And they hadn't had that filter developed yet. And so they were very innocent and very kind and very giving. They did things for the right reasons. They didn't have that worldly filter built in that said, ah, don't pay attention to that. The guy's a loser, that kind of garbage. They didn't have that going on yet. And they approached this gentleman and they started speaking into this man's life with questions. How are you doing? Are you feeling okay? Are you hungry? Mom, Dad, can we give him some food? And he pulled out a little Gideon Bible out of his pocket. And he handed it to my youngest son. And he said, I just want you to have this. God loves you. And later we, we had gotten some things together and went back and gave to him. He never asked us for him. His sign didn't even say it. 
This guy was beaming with serenity. He had a huge smile on his face. Um, he had an inner, inner peace. Now, some of you are going to be judging this right now. Yeah, but, and yeah, but, and yeah, but, but what if this, and your kid's safety, and blah, 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 blah. I am telling you that is not what happened. What we experienced was somebody who seemed to have uh, an inner peace about him, that seemed to have a serenity about him that certainly wasn't based on the happenings going on around him. Uh, after I talked to him for some time, I had found out that uh, he had been beaten up severely, uh, he had been abused severely uh, growing up. Some terrible things had happened to him. And he was very much indeed a victim of his circumstances. Uh, not like some are, but he definitely was. And yet he was giving away what? He was giving away peace. That I would be more like that. That I would be more like that. Now here's what happens when we don't do things for the right reasons, <clears throat> when we put expectations, unreasonable unreasonable expectations, as well as what we might consider, you and I might consider, reasonable expectations, when we attach that to what we're doing for someone else, let, let me share with you some of the things that can occur. Number one, we don't receive what we expect. And as a result, we get angry. And as a result of anger, we become stressed. And as a result of stress, we get sick. And as a result of sickness, our thinking is, is messed up. And we relapse. Number two, we become depressed. As a result of depression, we become stressed. As a result of stress, we become sick. As a result of being sick, our thinking gets messed up and we relapse. We go back to what we did that, that our, our, uh, our subconscious mind says, you know, the back part of the brain says, that's the way you always did it. So go back and do it the same way. And so we, we do what we, is familiar. We go out and use our drink. When we do things for the wrong reasons, we get anxiety because we are waiting for the person to respond. We're waiting for the person to give us the pat on the back. When is it going to come? When, when are they going to finally say thank you? And as a result of that, we get disappointed. People let us down. We get angry. We get stressed. We get sick. And as a result of that, our thinking is all messed up, and we relapse. We do what is familiar. When we do things for the wrong reasons, we put expectations on other people, unenforceable rules, and we burden them. We don't give them freedom. We don't allow them to be who they are. We trap them. We burden them. And therefore, we contribute to their downfall. There's so many things that happen for the negative when we do things for the purpose of getting a pat on the back, for getting an attaboy, for getting that, wow, I am so proud of you. 
once again, it's wonderful to get those messages. It's a great day when we hear that kind of affirmation. But if we're living our lives focused on receiving rather than giving, then you and I are going to live a lonely life. We're going to become bitter. We're going to become angry. We are going to be stressed. And as a result, we're going to return to what we know best, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's overeating. Maybe it's an overly judgmental attitude of others. Maybe it's biting your nails till they bleed. Maybe it's putting a needle in your arm. Maybe it's the bottle. Maybe it's gossip. People are addicted to gossip, you know. Whatever it is that you and I do that is familiar, that we use to fill that empty hole that is only shaped for one, and that is our higher power, whatever it is we do to fill that, that isn't that relationship with the Almighty, and learning to stand on our own two feet, when we fall back into those, we are killing ourselves. So what is it that you're doing? What is it that I'm doing for the wrong reasons? I want you to think about that for a minute. We'll come back right after this last break. A college security officer called to tell me there was a drinking party on campus. The officer said there had been excessive drinking and our son was in the hospital for alcohol poisoning. He said my husband and I should come as soon as we could. I knew my son would face distractions and temptations when he went away to school. He already had unfortunate experiences with alcohol, and he was a little too good at fitting in with the crowd. I had no idea things could get so much worse so fast. A nurse suggested we attend Al-Anon family groups, even though our son claimed his drinking was no big deal. He said he was not an alcoholic and that he could quit whenever he wanted. I didn't want to go to an Al-Anon meeting. But I'm sure glad I went. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. This is Tony Morosi from the recovery band Self-Esteem, and we're listening to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with the Monty Man on KHLT Broadcasting. Okay, we've talked before on this show with Dr. Berger about the St. Francis Prayer. Now, um, a big notes to, to some of you, St. Francis did not write that prayer. It, it's called the St. Francis Prayer because it really reflects the way St. Francis lived. And uh, there's a picture of St. Francis. A picture of St. Francis uh, was placed on the cards and they were given out during the war and uh, it, it be, became known as the St. Francis Prayer. But regardless of that, th- this man lived his life doing things for the right reasons, not expecting anything in return. And, and uh, he had a hard, hard life. Uh, but his life was filled with peace. <clears throat> One of the statements uh, that's in the St. Francis Prayer is to comfort rather than to be comforted. Now, what a lot of us do, and Bill Wilson even talks about this, he alludes to this, that, um, that, 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 that we, we say, oh, okay, I know how I'm going to be comforted. I'll comfort others. Now, what's wrong with that, that train of thought? 
Let me say that again. I know how I'll be comforted. I'll comfort others. See, already we're manipulating it. I'm going to comfort others so I will be comforted. See, that's not what the St. Francis prayer says. To seek to comfort rather than be comforted. Now, when you comfort somebody else, will you be comforted? Many times, yeah. It's a result. It can be a result of doing that. But it's a result of doing it for the reason only to comfort the other person. Not for any personal gain. Not to be comforted. You see? And and, and, and this is one of the things that happens in 12-step uh, organizations I see a lot in the altruistic, in the name of altruism. And that's this thing called service work. Now, I, I, yeah, I'm going to pick on it for a minute. Are you engaging in service work to get something out of it? Now, sure, in the beginning, when you first come into recovery, one of the tools that we're given is the, the um, And the honor and the privilege that we're given is to serve, pour the coffee, open the doors, chair a meeting. Uh, If you go, they'll start getting a little deeper in that. Be a sponsor, show, guide somebody through the steps. Um, Maybe be an area service rep or or a a district rep for your AA group or your NA group or your district or, or whatever. There is so many ways to serve. But when you first come in, I think it's natural and it's to be expected that that we're taught that, you know, here's a way to help keep you sober. This will help you in the beginning to keep you sober if you stay busy helping others. I, I get that. I understand that. And it's true. But what happens when you get so involved in the altruistic movement, so involved in service work, that you begin to burn out? And I have seen people burn out. What happens then? Well, if you're doing it so you will stay sober, you may just drink. You may just use. If you're staying sober as a result of being altruistic, great. But if your expectation is I am going to do this work for other people so I will stay sober, you may just relapse. You see, I think the protection of sobriety, the the protective uh, uh, garb that comes from being altruistic, from, from helping others and serving others, it comes because you're doing it for the sake of doing it, because it's the right thing to do. Then that protective garb comes. Not when we're doing it so we can be Mr. the sobriety king of our meeting. Yeah, a little controversial there, perhaps, but think about that. Really think about that, would you? Are you pouring coffee and opening the door at your 12-step support meeting? So you will get the benefit out of it? Is that your reason for doing it? See, the reason I'm pausing there is I want you to really think about that. 
Or are you doing it to serve your fellow man just because? For their benefit. Are you sponsoring somebody so you will grow and mature? Sure, that could be a a result of your sponsoring someone. But is that your reason? Are you doing it to help the other guy? Because it's the right thing to do. Because it's the spiritual thing to do. Because it's the godly thing to do. You might want to check your motives. I, I, I ask you this. I'm qualified to ask you this because I've had to ask myself this. I have to ask myself on a daily basis, what is my motivation for doing the next right thing? What is it, Monty? And if it's for me, if that's the reason, then I'm in deep weeds. Our email here is take12radio at comcast.net. Some of my thoughts and opinions today may not reflect the thoughts and opinions of, of our uh, of our facilitator and our uh, of this show, and that is Dr. Alan Berger. Uh, but I suspect that probably more of it does than doesn't. He will be back with us on our next show, A Step-by-Step Towards uh, Emotional Sobriety. Uh, We do miss him uh, when he's not here. And uh, maybe he can straighten me out on some things if I've gotten any of this wrong. But here's the thing. My heart's in the right place, and I'm doing this. I I, I do take 12 radio for you. Do I get blessed from it? You bet I do. I cannot tell you the the peace and serenity and the blessings and the joy I get by being, by being here in the studio, doing the work that I do. uh, It's, it's amazing, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't take much for me to turn that selfish self-centered corner and be doing it for the wrong reasons. I have to, I have to stay in check and I do that in a couple of ways. I make myself accountable I give permission to other people in my life who know me better than I know myself sometimes to yank up my chain anytime they see me going off in a direction that's unhealthy. Now, I'd rather them call me on it and be wrong than be right and not say anything and then I'm in deep weeds. Uh, so I stay accountable. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great way to live your life. It isn't bondage to be accountable to somebody. It's not bondage to hold yourself under some form of accountability to a spiritual advisor or a sponsor or, or someone in your life that you trust. It's freedom. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, because you want to be of ultimate uh, help to the universe, to God, to your fellow man, then that accountability structure will work in your favor and it will give you freedom. It really will. Uh, If you've noticed, we've done some changes on our website and we're slowly putting that all together. Not every page today is is, uh, reflecting the design of our main page. Uh, But uh, this, this page is. And as we slowly throughout the week rebuild this website and give it a facelift. We ask you for your patience. Uh, please visit Dr. Berger's website. You can click on the link uh, right here on this page. 
uh, where it says visit Dr. Berger's website. And uh, you can go to our YouTube video and, and watch the video or listen to it on YouTube. Uh, please send us an email at take12radio at comcast.net. Let us know how we're doing. And, uh, folks, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening to The Monty Man this week and putting up with me until our next broadcast. This is The Monty Man. And hello, Dr. Berger, out there, wherever you are at your speaking engagement. We love you, man. And we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.